0: Leonard Cohen, suggested there is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. This viral crack gives us a chance to create something new and better. So let's talk about back to different and let the light in. It's Mac Bogart back yet again. I'm here today with uh, Sean Casey. He is the senior project manager at Colleague Consulting. And uh, in uh, the spirit of full disclosure, I do a fair amount of work with Colleague Consulting. So there is a a work connection there. And I'm right now looking at Sean, who is in Marblehead with an astonishingly beautiful office from which he works. I won't say that I'm jealous, but I wouldn't mind having one like it for myself. So I'm going to ask Sean to just briefly tell his story, how we got here. And then to sort of lay out what he sees as where we can go from here so that we push forward rather than, as I say, push back. Take it away, my friend.
1: Thanks, Matt. Um, Well, what I do most of my time is training, and it's usually technical type training uh, for federal clients. And how I Ended up there had nothing to do with where I started out. I <laughs> uh, have a graduate degree in public policy uh, from the University of Michigan. In the uh, mid '80s, I uh, went to Washington, D.C. to do what policy people do, and I worked for one of the the largest uh, D.C.-based uh, consulting firms. They were a K Street firm, and. Uh, they had a very broad uh, set of topics that they worked on. So they did energy, they did environment. So they did, it. And over time, you know, you kind of get moved around into, you know, you become an expert on where the money goes. And uh, over time, we, the company did a lot of develop new programs, roll out new programs in, in a federal context. And it turned out I was really good at explaining this. So I ended up on these kind of traveling roadshows, going out, rolling out, uh, really obscure things. I, I used to do uh, Superfund rollouts for EPA, but yep. I also rolled out the uh, radioactive waste order for the Department of Energy. So, you know, kind of a, a whole set of things. So, uh, so over time, I just became more and more of a trainer. And uh, about 10 years ago, uh, I moved over to Colleague, which is actually a uh, Owned by and has a number of people that uh, worked in the same uh, big DC-based firm uh, over time. And colleague has a number of training uh, contracts with different federal agencies for a wide range, from very very technical, you know, uh, nuclear health and safety, all the way over to uh, leadership, conflict management, and basically everything in between. So I, I teach a bunch of those type of courses. Most of the ones in the middle of
0: that range. So, a, a uh, not quite a long and winding road, but at least um, a road with some significant changes of direction. Yes. We had, we had spoken um, a few days ago, because we had never met. I like to have some connection before we launch, so that I get a case, a, a sort of sense of uh, rhythm. In what you've seen in this very strange and wondrous few months we've been in, what do you see as cracks in the uh, structure, in the protocols, in the way teaching, learning, government contracting have existed that that you see that we can use this time to make better and more productive and more useful
1: to people? Sure. It, it, it's been you know, kind of a, a tumultuous past uh, 10 or 12 weeks. Uh, typically, we have clients that ask for you know, a range of things. They ask for traditional classroom where you go and there's lectures and there's group exercises, and then they have what they refer to, most clients refer to as desktop. So uh, you, you build a, a course that's taught uh, in, in this medium. What happened, though, in since uh, early March is uh, when people started canceling because of the, the, the pandemic, they first took the classroom classes and they said, all right, we're going to reschedule them until June or July. you get into May and then they say, uh, I'm not sure we can have them. And then a bunch of these classes are necessary for different certifications that the mm-hmm. students have. And so clients were starting to panic and they said, we want you to teach that online, but teach it just like it was a classroom, which of course is, <laughs> you know, absolutely insane uh, for a variety of reasons. The you know the the biggest issue with with an online learning is you know computer fatigue. You know sitting in front of the screen all the time, and so uh, you know we we ask, well, kind of, why do you want to constrain? This? So, well, that was a week long course, and everybody's got it on their calendar. So just teach it in a week. Uh, but now you're looking at you know these eight day deliveries or eight hour deliveries, which are just horrible, and so. You start looking at what you can tweak around the edges, and and what we found is, you start going back to looking at what can we do to make it better. And you know some of these are still going to be semi painful classes, but there are things you can do. And and one of the things we learned is, uh, has to do with the platforms that you can do them in. You know, Adobe and Zoom and WebEx. And historically, when we start out building a uh, computer-based course, you're always, you have the constraints that are put on you by the client system, mm-hmm. and so some of those are very constrained. I mean, there are federal agencies where you you cannot do uh, a training where the student has a webcam, right? There, there's... Uh, there's
0: I just did one for you that was three days and luckily they were six and a half hour days. Cause you're right. It is exhausting. And all I saw was their
1: names for yeah, three days. And, and it's, it's so, uh, so you start looking around. The good news is every now and then you have clients that will say, uh, just convert and do it. Use any platform you want. Mm-hmm. In that case, well now you can start thinking, all right, well, we want to be able to see people, uh, can we have breakout rooms that we can move people to? And can they have whiteboards they can all write on? And you start looking for those. And so kind of the, the, the takeaway in all of this is there's really been a, a, an enormous kind of, in, in two and a half months, the industry has probably moved where it would have taken seven or eight years to move in terms of, you know, kind of what you can come to expect from delivery in that type of medium. And uh, it also, kind of beyond just us, for a number of clients, you know, they've had kind of their aha moment as well. Maybe they need to go back to their infrastructure people about the constraints that they're put on in terms of what can come across a, a, a computer for somebody taking one of these courses. And so, you know, it's, it's evolving. What I think the, the upshot of it is, is that, you know, Next year at this time, there'll be a lot more richness in terms of what you can do with a computer, not but because it wasn't there, but because of the necessity of having to use them and try things and practice and having clients work with you to try to expand that flexibility and go out and, and get systems that can accept those kind of flexibilities. So that's kind of the, the biggest change we've seen.
0: Absolutely. I write some pieces and do some work for this organization called the Learning Council, and they're big into technology. That's their their theme. And what I've seen, because I've been a teacher all my life, is that sometimes the technology changes learning delivery. And sometimes learning delivery changes the technology. And from what I think you just said, this opportunity we have now has accelerated our our need for a technology which can do what we need it to do to maximize learning instead of just getting it because it's new and everybody's using it. And I think that's, I hadn't thought of that. Thank you, Sean. But I think that's one of the fabulous things that, that, is, that is going on right now.
1: Yeah. Uh, and, you, you know, th- there's, all things being equal, a classroom is always going to be a richer environment, right? You can you can see, you can look around, you can hear people whispering, you can see their faces when you say something. But you can really grab a lot of that with some of the technologies coming up. So especially when we have one of these opportunities where a client says, uh, don't bore them to death. They need to be able to do it in those three days. Uh, any platform is, is fine with me. Well, then you start thinking about, you know, can we put them in a breakout room? Can they see each other in the breakout room? Can they all write on the whiteboard at the same time? And and those kind of things. And, you know, those tools have always been there, but they historically just weren't explored. You know, the things that were done online were kind of not overly interactive. And (laughs) There there are ways you can do it, uh, but sort of so the methodology, you know, the, the tools in the toolkit are going to be much, much greater coming out of this than they were going in.
0: I'm on exactly the same page on that. And for me, in what I do, and I used to call it training, but I mean, training is like for like golf swing, <laughs> you know, as far as I'm concerned. This is something different. I still don't have a fancy word for it what I've discovered in this time, cause I've been doing online training, online teaching, for about 12 years, just cause I happened to get some when I was short of cash. I'm developing different skills. Right. I'm developing some skills which I didn't know that I lacked until the platform changed. I've discovered that I tend to listen very differently in this environment than I listened in the classroom, in the traditional classroom, because I don't have all the visual input, which right. would take up most of my processing at the time.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely true. I, I found the same thing. Um, and that's, that's a wonderful thing. Even if
0: you know there was some kind of magical explosion and everything went back to exactly the way it was, I would love to be able to keep those skills and keep using them because they're, they're fabulous.
1: Well, you you know, we've, we found that I'm on the same page with you because historically, if, if you can build the perfect online course, Mm -hmm. you know, there, there's advantages to an online course, all things being equal over a classroom. And it is, uh, you can, you can do things like a, like a seminar. So if, if you have 40 hours and it's classroom training, You get them for the 40 hours and they have to learn everything there. What if they took the same 40 hours and we're doing it online? What we normally do is, well, first of all, you spread that 40 hours out over a couple of weeks. And then some of those 40 hours are go away and read this 100-page document and answer these questions. And we'll come back and we'll talk about reading it. You know, so it's kind of mimicking uh, what happens in, in a college seminar. Yeah. And you can't really do that live. But what we've learned from kind of being forced to, you know, do the classroom ones is, boy, we can get a lot closer to mimicking the live version. So that, you know, when you come back to talk about that, people can see each other. You can have that kind of uh, dialogue that maybe we didn't think enough about beforehand.
0: I think we didn't think about it because we didn't realize that we needed to. Right. That's, my, that's my read on that. You know, um, I've worked with kids a good part of my life, and one of the things I love to do is watch kids on a playground and watch how they learn. And what we know about the brain from research as well as from experience is the brain is an opportunistic learner, right? The, the, the brain is constantly going, ooh, 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 ooh. And in this platform, we give people... Hey, I think uh, a much better environment to tap into that strength of the brain, as you said. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna break today, but we're gonna be back on Tuesday at ten o'clock. And in between now and then, some things came up. So let's next time let's plan to shift our gear and talk about this article which Joe mentioned and Sean suggested that we look at the Westinghouse study in 1994. See what I mean? So mm-hmm. like, like we, can, we can go out and then come back in as opposed, I think too often a traditional classroom only stayed in.
1: Right. Only stayed yeah. in. And, and so for, for our client base, the, the advantage to the traditional online is you can really have people go away and on their own for three or four hours, really work through something in detail. And then come back and talk about it it's because, you know, if, if you have, you know, most of these classes, you don't have everybody from the same place, you know, people are flying in for a class and you can't fly them in, you know, for a two hours, you know, twice a week to, to have that discussion. And so um, it, it just, it, the platform is going to be much richer uh, coming out of this than it was going into it. I'm on the same page on that as well. And that, that
0: richness is available as long as we're open to the possibility. That's right. You know what I mean? Um, I still hear people say, oh, we need to get our kids back in the traditional classroom because then, and yeah, well, I think mainly they just want them out of the house is what they're talking about. <laughs> this is such a great place to just redefine how we see what learning looks like you know, so, so you and I are part of a class in, in project management, let's say, or something. And we have an assignment. Since we're comfortable with this platform, we can say, well, how about you, me, Dave, Harry, Franklin, and Jane all get together for a Zoom conference for 20 minutes next Tuesday before class, and let's put together and see if we find some, see what I mean? I mean, we have this, we have this way that like we can talk in the hall Right.
1: Which is and wonderful. The the other The other important part of this uh, working and moving it forward is the openness of clients. You know, we, we have clients that believe, you know, cross their heart and hope to die, that classroom is the only way to go. And now they've come to us and said, oh, I hate to do this, but we have to get this training done any way possible. Right. And now, you know. Five weeks later, they're saying, oh, that was pretty good. (laughs) So so now they're, you know, know, we're in a for-profit business. So you always have to have somebody willing to pay for the expansion. And there's a lot more clients that are kind of aware of what they can get um, or, or, you know, how broad the, the range of opportunity is. And that's historically, that's been a big part of the battle
0: from from a from a business and marketing perspective because though uh, that part of my business is less important than the learning part. I mean, it is, but I have to pay the rent just like you do. If we can be agile and if we can be resilient and if we can be opportunistic and if we can go, ooh, I hadn't thought of that. Let's That puts us in a wonderful place from a marketing and business perspective too, I think, right? Yeah. I got some feedback On the course I did for you all, and one of the things that I saw as a theme, and these came directly to me, um, was though there were some technical glitches, which there are going to be, what this format gave us was more time to think and to process what we were covering. Yeah because I, I do a test at the end and there's a multiple choice part, but there's also a short answer part. I got the best short answer essays, which are, many of them were actually very long answer essays that I've ever had. Wow. I mean, really, people really dug in and dug down and went out and I was flabbergasted because I just I hadn't expected that. But those who also talked about the process said for some reason, this platform gave us more, I don't know, more of a space to like think about and explore. So
1: what could be better than that from a learning
0: perspective,
1: right? (laughs) As a matter of fact, you know, one of the things with where where we have these classroom ones where, you know, still have the same time constraint that we're moving over and trying to do online. One of the things we've gone in and sort of say, well, can we take some of the exercises that were kind of quick react report out sort of take those away and then have like a longer reading exercise so they don't have to be in front of the you know and, and so the, the one we're going to teach next week which it's, it's a pilot course that we built for a classroom the long term plans is going to be a classroom but now we're delivering it online which is just right. kind of a nightmare. Um, But what we did to kind of work on that is we have some long lessons where they start middle of the afternoon, they reconvene the next morning, do their group discussion and report out later that morning. And so it gives them that kind of late in the day over overnight time so we can give them bigger things to look at, you know, that that are are richer. And I'm hopeful that that's going to. Really make a difference. I think it's going to make a difference,
0: and a couple things. And then I want to kind of ask you a couple final questions, and sure. they, they are they are tough ones. But I mean, that's that's part of what I get to do in in this <laughs> position. Um, number one is I think one of the things we're going to have to do is we're going to have to change how we evaluate learning. Yep. Right, because people are going to learn in a different kind of universe so how we decide what success looks like i think we need to take a very careful look at because the old you know a b c d fill in the blank kind of way to measure learning never worked well anyhow but it's it is useless now so one of the things i think we all need to think about is okay how are we going to say here's what happened here's what we need to change here's how we can do it better Um, we need to look at that and Here's the, here here are the top, do you have kids? I do. Okay, how many
1: kids? Uh, Two, Uh, boy and a girl 25 and 21.
0: So two questions, down the line, people assuming that colleague is still vibrant and alive, how would you like people to look back on this time under your at least semi-tutelage? of the organization? How, what, what would you like them to say? And secondly, when your kids are talking to their kids and grandkids, what would you like them to say about how you handled this?
1: The first one's probably easier. Um, <laughs> where, where, uh, where it would like the colleague to say was, wow, they, they showed us opportunities we didn't know existed that, uh, we have a lot more options in how we decide to go about learning than we thought we did. You know, it used to be a long drawn out, possibly boring computer-based course or a classroom. And now we find there's this much richer expansion and clients can come and ask us and we can talk about kind of what their constraints are, kind of what they're trying to do and try to fit something on a, a much broader continuum a much richer set of things that we can do. I love it. Now B. B. Uh, <laughs> give it to me again and maybe I'll get my kids to come up and.
0: <laughs> uh, okay. Um, down the line. Yep. All right. When uh, you are no longer for one year or another, quite the bother for your kids that you may well be now. Um, they're talking to their kids or their grandkids. This is sometime in the future. And what would you hope that if they talked about twenty twenty, and what happened? How would you like them? What would you prefer that they said about how you and they handled this? Yeah,
1: that uh, that it, it was not overly different than most most days. Um, that sort of we we have routines. Uh, that yeah, maybe there were uh, traffic jams in the kitchen, but otherwise. Um, we, we have enough space, I mean, we live in a really old New England house, but there's enough space in it, there's enough bandwidth in it, that it, it's not overly different than if uh, we weren't under these constraints, they, you know, they don't go out and see their friends as much, but otherwise, that, uh, that we basically, you know, kind of, was, it was sort of like being locked up for a snowstorm, which can be really <laughs> fun, if you don't if you don't have yeah. anything, but it was like that for several months.
0: Well, I just got married in October. Uh, my wife Hope and I uh, posted though we don't go on social media very much that anybody who's thinking about getting married should have to spend three months sequestered together first oh,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> because we've actually really liked the time and you know, you and I have some, we have some privilege here as far as what we have, how we make our living, you know, all those things. I get that. Uh, Lots of people, this is hideous for them. And I hope, my hope is that all of us come out of this seeing a different kind of light than maybe we used to see.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more.
0: Thank you, Sean, this has been a pleasure. Um, Pleasure. I have heard so many good things about you prior to seeing you, or at least seeing your image on my computer. (laughs) And uh, hopefully, somewhere down the line, when things become more open, if not uh, better, I hope they're both, uh, we'll have a chance to get together and have a cup of coffee and talk face-to-face. That'd be great. Thanks for giving us a listen. As we move forward, With this situation, with this thing that's us, let's never forget that we are all in this together. No matter what else happens, we're all in this together. Thank you.